Welcome back, everyone. If you're just tuning in, you might like to go back and listen to part one. If you're rejoining us, then we've just played the last few bits of what we shared at the end of the last episode to ease you seamlessly in. Hope you enjoy. This is Yoga Uncorked. And it's hard to know because just like you shared, you're not getting blackout drunk. You might be having one beer or one glass of gin, let's say. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, extremes. <laughs> and like Extreme examples. I'm definitely more fun after a gin. Just Same. Same. And my yoga would be probably way better after a gin as well. <laughs> if anyone sees me out. Actually, more margarita or tequila, actually. Um, but you can't rhyme tequila with. What could you rhyme tequila with? Parvitas and a tequila. Any. Um, buy, buy me a tequila if yeah um are they the devil no are they yoga questionable um should you do them question it mm. yeah mm. and i'm saying that as a facilitator and a student we all know what it's like to be in the presence of a charismatic person who appears like they're speaking their truth um and oftentimes people aren't that aware of it but they're subtly and subconsciously manipulating people and if you're a student listening now and a teacher listening have a look at your language is your language very dogmatic and descriptive uh, directive i should say so is your language put your foot here you know, is that very, you know, sometimes you have to be direct for conciseness and flow of the class. But are you saying stuff like, do not put your knee past your ankle? Like that's really directive and quite dogmatic, is it not? As opposed to bend your knee until your point of challenge. Mm. It takes a lot of skill as a facilitator to do that, I think. And it's something that you can start slowly with. You don't have to go and change all of your language in the morning, um, but start to notice. And we've all done it as teachers. Again, raise your hand if words come out of your mouth that aren't true. Like when we started teaching outside, I kept saying, look up towards the ceiling. There's no fucking ceiling, we're outside, but I was so used to saying up ceiling mm. or down, you know, that mm. these things come out, we're all, um, I won't even say guilty, but we're all able to do it. But I think language and how you conduct your practice with others, as opposed to direct, um, can have a huge effect. So like, can you preserve the integrity of the practice? Can you teach from the heart? Can you share your experiences without making everyone feel like shit number one because their need doesn't go that way and number two bringing back a sense of autonomy so to go back to my point we're, we've all been in the presence of a charismatic person who makes us feel really good and then suddenly we attach all of this worth to them and think that they are the only ones who know what's best for me and actually, I feel the role of a teacher, a guru, a facilitator is to help the student discern and decide what's best for them in that moment. Mm -hmm. So namaste. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, and actually, done? I... <laughs> I recognize something that <laughs> I really um, kind of picked up on when you were talking there and it was even your use of language when you were asking people whether they're practicing or whether, whether they're teaching, even your use of language um, around that was what I feel me as a teacher is constantly having to be quite mindful of and it's... it's um, I think you it could be described as kind of trauma informed use of language when you're 
guiding people in anything you know and I actually learned a lot of this from Grace Tempany um we're mm-hmm. going to have her on the podcast soon so she's my yin yoga teacher um and she's done a lot of trauma-informed trainings and um it's kind of instead of being like step your left foot forward or you know bend into the left knee it's like notice how it feels if you were to do this this way how does it feel you know and you actually said that when you were talking there a second ago you said if you're a teacher or a student I'd like you to notice Mm. this and notice that and yeah it was just interesting to hear you say it that way because that's probably how we should be teaching anything you know or how we can support ourselves and our students more by teaching because should is dogmatic bitches don't (laughs) shut all over yourself don't shut all over yourself yeah no and you're like I can't wait to have Grace on and we'll definitely talk about this more because I've learned so much of this from her and and some other amazing teachers in my life Mm. um but I think she shares this this quote um on on her trainings it's by Alexandra Trenfor Mm -hmm. and it's that the best teachers are those who show you where to look but do not tell you what to see and that's why I'm using the term facilitator there and I know it sounds really knobby but like sometimes the the term teacher means that we have all the information and we're telling the other people what to do whereas actually we're facilitating people exploring their wisdom now we're also guiding them with wisdom we've learned and studied and picked up because they're they haven't done the study and work that we've done does that make us better no uh makes us more lucky maybe um but yeah I love the term facilitator because you're facilitating others having their yoga experience instead of I want your body to look like this because on my 200 hour my asana teacher told me that your knee will explode if it goes past your ankle you know dogma (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I'm happy you um said that there as well because I was recently listening back on the episode with Robbie in the first series Mm -hmm. um our first season um and what stood out to me was like you know like I don't know word for word but he mentioned something along the lines of you know I'm not really a teacher like I facilitate you know I I think he used the word word vomit or regurgitating which oh yeah I think he uses the word I regurgitate and share what what I I have learned from the tradition and you know that that's worth mentioning time and time again Mm -hmm. we're really not teaching anything we created none of this we are just kind of in that row of soldiers passing mm-hmm. it on. Hopefully it's not Chinese whisper style. Bring yeah. two pens to the dance. <laughs> well, what we can do now and commit to doing is being as clear and articulate with our sharing as possible so that it doesn't get um, muddied. Muddied. Although, mm-hmm. would we prefer to go to a dance than war? <laughs> and we'd prefer two pence <laughs> yeah. who knows who knows for a bottle of score for a what a bottle of score what's remember that a of score remember score you go to the shop you go to the shop with 50 pence this was before we had euros and uh 50p and you'd have like your full you'd have a bag full of jellies maybe some burger bites or banshee bones but you'd have a bottle of score it was only like 20p Maybe you didn't have them in Balancholic. We're pure posh out here. It was too posh for score. <laughs> um, I heard someone say recently um, that the age of lineage and guru to disciple in yoga is ending and the age of encouraging students' autonomy is beginning. And I loved that. I thought I it was a really... So students listening seek teachers who encourage you to discover your own wisdom while sharing wisdom they've do you gain wisdom or do you learn wisdom you gain it I suppose don't you um while sharing wisdom they've gained Mm -hmm. um 
And just like anything in life, if someone makes you feel uncomfortable, check in for sure um, the root of that discomfort. But if someone is being dogmatic in their teachings, I don't care if they've 2000 hours of yoga training. I don't care if they've a PhD in trauma psychology. If they're, if, because we all know people who have these qualifications who actually aren't really living in their truth. Um, you have the power to change your teacher, to seek others. And just like finding the perfect pair of shoes or the perfect dress in TK Maxx of all places, actually it's, it's gonna, you're, it might be like looking through TK Maxx lads, just, just to let you know, it, it might not be as slick and uh, smooth shopping experience as other places. <laughs> we're going to come across a load of shit, but there'll be a gem. There'll be a perfect sparkly dress in there somewhere. <laughs> um seek, seek those teachers um who are dedicated to the practice but who aren't dogmatic mm, that's beautiful love the analogy um, of tk Maxx as well it's <laughs> absolute chaos <laughs> will we um spit out another few um examples of dogma we've experienced or done ourselves in in yoga I, does anything for you come to mind? Um, you can't uh, do a headstand if you have your period. I like I get why you wouldn't, and I I it I I get why you wouldn't. I know it's purely energetic, and I actually that would be true for me. And I personally probably yeah I, I don't do any yoga when I'm menstruating, <laughs> and I'm certainly not doing shirasana, but um. Well, you don't do any asana. You do yoga. Yeah, I though. don't. Um, but for those women who do, and um, I've certainly had this discussion with a lot of women, not around the framework of yoga asana, but just through exercise and movement alone, and that includes running, um, heavy, like Olympic weightlifting. And there are lots of women who really enjoy intense exercise when they're menstruating, and it helps them with pain. I've heard that directly from a woman. It helps me with cramps and pain. So although I'm not going upside down, <laughs> um, I respect that the woman will make that choice. Who's menstruating? Mm. What's best for her? But that's, sorry, that just popped into my head as another kind of, I would say that can be slightly dogmatic. <clears throat> no, you're right. And just as you're sharing there now, I'm like, okay, how yoga used to be taught guru disciple the guru would be uh sitting down with the disciple and over years and maybe even decades discussing sharing learning all of this information and this wisdom then the person might feel um armed to make the decision themselves but if you're teaching a 60 minute class in a busy studio, you're not going to sit down with every woman and discuss this whole practice of the energetics and the values and the pranas and where they go and whether they want it. Because and, and this is the other thing. So as the teacher, you don't have that time. As the student, you have spent your whole day making decisions for yourself. What do I eat? What do I wear? Oh, I read that I should take this supplement. I'm not going to have coffee after this time now because I heard that. And you're constantly having to make all these decisions. And then when you go into your yoga practice, you just want to surrender and let all those decisions be made by the teacher. And that can be beautiful if the teacher is aware and kind and compassionate and has your best interests at heart. But that's where it gets so dangerous if you hand over your full power to someone in authority or in a role, let's say, in a hierarchical system, that's where it gets dangerous because that's where they can be susceptible to manipulate you if their intentions aren't pure. And that's where I feel a balance of, I as the teacher slash facilitator, I'm going to conduct this class, but I'm not gonna tell you what to do every minute of it. So there's gonna be structure, there's going to be safety and a container in which to surrender. But I'm still going to encourage you to explore your world. 
Mm. Am I being very dogmatic? I'm just. <laughs> Am I being passionate or dogmatic? Are we being dogmatic about dogma? <laughs> Are we questioning dogma? <laughs> Are we being too dogmatic on our views of dogma? Uh, oh, it's yeah. it's one of those kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's there's a lot of uncertainty around just, mm. I feel, the term that is dogma, you know? If we're sitting here somehow, you know, discussing about how we think things should be as openly as we feel we're being and mm-hmm. as understanding as we feel we're being we're still sitting here discussing how we think things are so are we dogmatic in that sense <laughs> or is the fact that we're questioning that we're questioning how things should be done means it's not <laughs> is that how you see it questioning it <laughs> yeah because i actually really to go back to jordan peterson like really <laughs> deeply questioning it is different you know um but are you questioning it and finding your truth and allowing others to question it and find theirs and you could both be right Mm. even if they're different you know Mm. um and we've both discussed back in our episodes how much a dogmatic strict disciplined practice of yoga helped us when we first discovered it you know so there's a time and a place I needed that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know Mm. And you were like you were and I was also both in a state of I'm going to use the word chaos that we didn't feel safe in a space where we were allowed to do what we wanted to do. Mm. We needed a really tight, firm container um, to to get us through to where we are now, you know, Mm. and everything as cheesy as it sounds, perfectly aligns to be in the space when we need it, you know? That it does. Mm. I just thought of an example of dogma, like in a more religious religious context, you know, like being gay is bad, full stop. Like, like I, I actually am lost for words at, mm. at how dogmatic that is, you know? Um, but I'm trying to think, is there a similar one in yoga that's would you say vegetarianism Ooh, that's a good one i was just moving to uh (laughs) go and stir my mung dal stew as i as i discuss how you can't be a vegetarian and do yoga (laughs) (laughs) um that's a good one i'm trying to think is there other kind of more modern ones that have crept in that people might have heard in class have you thought of anything no have you (laughs) (laughs) um so i actually text Dwayne. (laughs) i'm scared (laughs) oh this is going to be epic dogma Dwayne. i think is going to be his new name he's typing he's typing okay let's give him a chance (laughs) hold my breath i did have a little thing that ones i would have like thought in the past Mm -hmm. um so like, if you don't ohm at the start and the end, it's not really yoga. That's what I would have thought. <laughs> but I, I will say that I appreciate your dedication to mantra because I think it's very much lost. Mm-hmm. I love that about the way you teach. But I think, I, yeah. It's great that you notice that you, know, that you notice that you thought it's not yoga if I don't do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, that was probably because having experienced a load of yoga classes, like on trainings where we always chanted and used mantra throughout the practice, Mm -hmm. I felt like it's kind of like discovering a new food, you know, that people have been missing out on. And it's like, you're so excited to share this with people. And I think I've shared it before on a previous episode like I remember being so nervous when I did my first teacher training and being like, I can't use the mantra, you know, like people in Cork aren't ready for this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember that teacher saying, don't deny them the opportunity. Maybe they mm-hmm. will like it. And so mm-hmm. I've always tried to use that mindset of like, let them decide and discern for themselves if mantra is for them or not, you know? Mm, something that's come up. Yeah. That I love. I remember you saying that and I love that's so much the drop this from anyone and it's come up like in therapy and counseling as well for me you know just like 
I'm an awful fixer. Like I have to fix everyone and everything. And I was almost faced with the question of who do you think you are robbing someone from a potentially sad or, you know, worthwhile experience, you know? Mm. You know, for instance, if I had a friend, let's say, or maybe a sibling and they might have broke up with someone or something happened I'd like I would feel it necessary I, I used used to feel it necessary to dive in and do everything I can on my power to make them feel better and take their pain away and I guess I suppose that's just a distorted way of loving as well but like you know it was said to me like who do you think you are robbing them from this this growth that can come from grief you know and it's so true um, mm. So I do love that your teacher said to you, don't, you know, assume and just to, to speak to that. It's not it's totally human what you've done. And it's totally natural when you have skills to help people to jump in and help them. And it's probably something you've learned from a very young age, you know, going through the experiences you went through. And that's the role you started to play now. Mm. But it's something that. Oh, I'll never forget it. Like I've such a beautiful support network. I've so many beautiful friends and family. And I remember going through a really challenging time before and Ananda, who we will definitely have on the pod, um, said to me, how about I just hold your hand and walk alongside you while you figure this out? And my whole body surrendered, knowing that I had someone who wasn't trying to fix me, who had was supporting me literally walking alongside me and holding my hand while I tried to figure it out was mm. just, it was almost like there and then I was like I'm going to be fine mm. I'm going to be fine and I can I'm still so, be with you but I'm not going to disrupt whatever needs to come absolutely mm. and actually is that not a beautiful example of being non-dogmatic mm. because were you being a dogmatic bitch jumping in trying to rescue everyone saying I've the answers I'll heal you no you weren't oh. I'm only joking in a way yeah and actually Dwayne has gotten back I feel like this deserves a, its whole section to itself with an intro and <laughs> so um, this is from the perspective of a person who doesn't practice yoga um has no fucking interest whatsoever and probably sees the very toxic, um, I suppose, theatrical displays of what a yoga practice should be. That Maybe from me. What we want, which is exactly <laughs> what we want. <laughs> okay. No, I'm only joking. Like, you know, he doesn't have any social media, but at a time when he did, he was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Blind fate and teacher's message, even though in most cases, they have absolutely no authority to tell people how they should live. Group think, for example, you think X, I admire you. Therefore, I must think X. And those who do not think X are therefore bad and don't understand the practice. That goes back to the beginning of this episode or the episode previous, because it's going to have to be a two-parter, <laughs> of these echo chambers. You know, yoga can be one huge echo chamber. And without going into it now, because it's going to be a fifth and sixth episode, the whole wellness space vaccinated unvaccinated I think this therefore you all have to think this too mm. what a fucking calamity mm. that has been and probably the most unwell echo chamber in a sense so mm-hmm. praise Guru Dwayne <laughs> Namaste he is, he is he more is those outside the practice will never understand that this is the way to live Oh, Many ways to live, yes. but dogma blinds them to the practice in this way. <sighs> Teacher's word is gospel and speak in a way that comforts the lost, creating guru syndrome. Oh, go on. Go on, the drain. <laughs> he said, these are just some general <laughs> thoughts in dogma. And he said as well, <laughs> I wasn't going to read this one, but look, I will. <laughs> The pseudo-moralistic tendencies of some teachers, for example, preach one thing but live a contradictory lifestyle, i.e. love and light and yokes and kit. 
100% correct. Dwayne is such a keen observer. What a fucking legend. All hail Guru Dwayne. <laughs> it's so true. I remember um, a friend, um, their partner was mocking them, you know, about their love and light Instagram. And he was like, you never put up that you did LSD there at the weekend. <laughs> and they said to the, they said to him, they were like, um, yeah, you don't put that on your business account either. And so <laughs> yeah. they had a point, but I also agree with Dwayne fully that people are like, oh, every morning I get up and drink a green smoothie. And, and like, I'm so guilty of this. I did that for years. And it's because I was, not speaking my truth and copying what I was saying other people do on Instagram mm -hmm. um, as opposed to being like who am I as a person and a teacher and what message is it that I want to give out you know so I'm fucking I'm living for Dwayne's comments I feel like we should yeah. have um, Dwayne's <laughs> Dwayne's digest we should have that every episode get his little uh, he just texted me there tell anyone who's triggered no voodoo or hexes please <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I, I have to say I mean he's very sarcastic and I have been very triggered by him in the past you know he's he's blunt and he's to the point and I've grown a lot with a partner like that so mm -hmm. there's absolutely no malice there it's just observation and it's just no filter he has none he has none I pray when we're around new people I'm like please don't say anything that please don't he's just who he is and yeah yeah <laughs> no honestly he's it's a great it's such oh my god can you what can you imagine can you even imagine for a second what I would be like had I not met him would you be would you be loving I'd be in a cult like somewhere yeah you might actually yeah worshiping the ground that a person walked yeah. on because I would just think that I would tie myself to some cult commune and have a leader and that would be the easy way and I would do act say dress the way that is you know yeah actually <laughs> this has reminded me of of a really interesting story that might kind of well sorry I find it interesting um that will kind of tie into this topic so I agree. I definitely could have gone down that road. And even with everything that's going on at the moment, um, I am so grateful to have my spiritual practice and my spiritual beliefs, but also my scientific beliefs mm. and uh, education and practice. And for me, it's always finding that space in between for me. Mm -hmm. But previously, I remember having a really, really challenging discussion with uh, an ex-partner. Um, where they had listened to a podcast about someone like you or I who went to a cult basically and blindly again without discernment um, followed a dogmatic leader um, in the yoga community who made them feel amazing at times mm. and so broken people suddenly feel amazing attachment attached to this now guru mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. this guru who was full of malice decided that they wanted an ashram built and got their disciples to build the ashram for them and basically people died because they were working in the heat and the guru was saying this is your yoga practice you can't drink water no mm. one needs to drink water until the sun goes down all of this mm -hmm. bullshit and these people did that and unfortunately people died and a lot of other people got really 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 hurt mm. and so this partner of mine was saying this is how dangerous what you're doing is and I they didn't say those words but they were mm -hmm. basically questioning how much blind belief or how much dogma I had in my teacher and the practices that I do my teachers mm -hmm. and I got so fucking upset I was I burst into tears mm -hmm. I got so angry then and all of these things started to happen and again where I was really they were quite taken aback because I think they thought that we were just going to be having a conversation about this but I mm. couldn't articulate how I felt because I was in chaos mm. and such a strong reaction to it so 
it was mm-hmm. visceral. The reaction mm-hmm. was so strong. Mm-hmm. And I've probably been thinking about that for a good year since mm-hmm. that happened, right? And I looked into were they right and was I triggered? I felt into um, were they wrong and mm-hmm. why I reacted that way. And I've looked at nearly everything in between. Mm. And where I'm so grateful that they did kind of make me take more of a discerning look at things I say and do. Um, I came to the conclusion for me currently that what upset me was that they were questioning um, something that I hold very, very dear. And mm, I'm just going to pause for a second just to make sure this is accurate. I was really, really, really upset that they thought so little of me that they thought I didn't have enough discernment that if I was in a situation like that, that I would say, fuck this, I'm getting a glass of water mm. and I'm not building you an ashram. I, I don't think I don't think I would have even gotten to the building the ashram bit. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? I wouldn't have got myself there. And I, I came to the conclusion that the thing that upset me most wasn't that they were questioning my beliefs, because just like we spoke about at the start, I can hopefully have come to a place and I've grown enough to hold both perspectives. But I was so deeply, deeply upset that they thought so little of me or that they were appearing to think so little of me Mm. um, that I would get myself into that situation. Mm. And just as we were joking there that you'd have ended up in a cult, I actually don't think you would have. (laughs) We both have the possibility. Everyone does. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like we're both uh, discerning enough and we're truth seekers enough Mm -hmm. to have seen through that bullshit. And Mm -hmm. my wish for everyone listening is that you can now practice and hone your skills of discernment and intuition. And actually, that's what the yoga practice does Mm -hmm. is it develops our intuition that you will never get yourself in that situation, that you will only seek your truth and people speaking theirs. Do you know what is wild? First of all, thanks for sharing that. I Mm. just, I'm so grateful that I get to have these conversations with you all the time because you're such an aware, deep thinker and it's just translates in your language so beautifully and it's an absolute pleasure to be able to witness it so thanks it really is you know um and what kind of mesmerizes me is it's kind of coming at me now like quite hard um is the last kind of I suppose few months I've been faced with and especially the last couple of days been thinking a lot about like how much we desperately need to follow our feelings and intuition but how important it is to hone in on your critical thinking Mm. and this has all just come right back around in this conversation we've been having for this episode is we started you know discussing dogma and how at times we need to be subjective and we need to you know hone in on these critical thinking skills but at the same time We also need to carry with us discernment Mm. and really be able to feel into what's truly right, not what I think is right. So it's just Mm. mad because it's I I find and I suppose many people will feel this way. You know, they will be pondering on something and it will just keep coming up in conversation in some way. It will find its way. You know, am I making sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, And just as you're sharing, like. Like even to go back to that example that I just shared, what deeply upset me is that this person that I thought saw me for me, my true essence was criticizing me. And I'm not saying that I can't handle criticism, but they were criticizing me and showing in a way that they didn't see who I was because that isn't my truth to blindly follow. It is a 
truth of discernment as well as intuitively mm. being guided. Now, also that poor that poor ex-partner of mine, I was just in chaos. So it was the straw that broke the camel's back mm. and we were dissolving our relationship anyway. And I felt that, but I, I was clawing on, I was holding mm. on. And so it was just, well, I was going to say really bad timing. It was probably perfect timing because it was exactly what was supposed to happen. Um, but that and what you've just shared is exactly what yoga is. Yoga means to unionize, to come into harmony, to come into balance. And so it's that exact balance of discernment and critical thinking with faith and intuition. Mm, it's yeah. the union of the head and the heart. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. And actually, I wonder, is that a nice system? Because we love systems. Um where whenever you're feeling into something, notice if all of your focus is going on the critical thinking and discernment, or is it all going to the other pole of intuition and faith and trust? Mm. And can you come into the center somewhere? Mm. Did you mm. ever see that um, image? It's, I love it. It's very, um, it's all it's very it's like surreal art which would be my favorite kind of art but it's like it looks like a man from like 1910 he's in a bowler hat and a suit and he's got like a little charlie chaplin mustache and he's walking a tightrope in the sky and he's balanced with sticks and one end is like the exact kind of an anatom anatomical drawing mm -hmm. of a heart and the other is a brain so oh. it's like he's walking this tightrope in space <laughs> which is fucking life. <laughs> yeah. It's a constant type rope in infinite space. Um, and he's just really trying to find this perfect balance, this balancing act to keep him on this tight rope with the head and the heart. But mm. it's a really cool image, actually. Um, yeah. It's um, something to tie into the last episode that we talked about with Shanti about the masculine and feminine essence, you mm. know, Um you could say that the, the brain is is more of a masculine essence mm -hmm. and the heart is more feminine. Mm -hmm. And another way to, you know, kind of look at how you're living is, yeah, are you doing a lot of cognitive brain work? Um, and I don't mean for your job, your profession, but like, are you spending a lot of time up here in your masculine and not so much time down here in the more feeling senses mm -hmm. and this is again regardless of your gender or how you identify this is to do with these two essences that are in the body if you prefer the term yin and yang solar lunar mm -hmm. you know um yeah has this been a very heady conversation no we've been feeling into it too haven't we i think we've hopefully mm -hmm. Confused everyone more. <laughs> and I was just like, how do you wrap this up? There's actually probably no way. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I I know I've said this already in this episode that we'll get an and on the podcast, but um I had was having a chat with him this morning and I kind of had a little chuckle to myself because we talk quite similar to how we talk here, me and you. And nearly all of our chats end with, and so it was everything. And it was also nothing. <laughs> and I was like, how fucking annoying are we that like, you know, we're talking like we were talking today about um, the ego and the self. And when you're on the journey and blah, blah. And I was like, and it's all about the self, but it's nothing to do with us. <laughs> how annoying that we're like, it's everything, but also nothing. <laughs> how annoying, but also beautiful. And and true <laughs> but like yeah so yeah I've noticed a trend lately especially on social media of people being dogmatic about dogma in the yoga world and I was just like this has to be addressed so it's been a journey a journey, um, journey. myself of like loving hearing these voices coming out on social media people questioning um, how yoga has previously been thought and how um, 
how we use yoga in our everyday life. And I remember when this trend kind of started and I'm using the word trend because I actually really think it is a trend. Mm. Um, I was like, wow, look at these amazing, brave voices challenging the system. But I've started to notice that actually they are now being dogmatic about trying to change dogma in the yoga world. So <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but there mm -hmm. are a couple of, or should we name names? Let's not. Let's not. Um, mm. There are accounts, and you may have come across them if you're in the yoga social media world, where, you know, they're like big kind of loud voices that are saying, hey, if you're not including everyone in your class who da 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 da, then that's not really yoga. And if you're telling people they have to touch their toes, then that's not really yoga. Mm. And what these accounts are doing is bringing that to people's attention and causing great advancements and openness, I think, in the yoga world. But some of them, not all of them, are, I think, doing it because they know it gets a lot of traction on social media. They're doing it to be seen as groundbreaking. And there's a monetization too. So there's a figure and... You know, I actually really like this, a lot of what this person says and have engaged with this person in the past, like they followers of upwards 50,000, you know, and I noticed that they do engage with every single person who might comment. So I really think that's to be appreciated, but I have noticed, and it's not that I think it's wrong. I'm, I'm trying to be really objective and not, I am, I'm going to be objective about it. I have just, I've just noticed that through this kind of, this isn't yoga it's being monetized through courses mm -hmm. you know um in a way you know yeah and there's nothing wrong with that but it's just worth noticing yeah and I think again as the whole team of the whole topic it's like notice if you're unquestioning about trusting people who are questioning traditional yoga you know um and like you said, they're they're doing things like this. This is what's been taught in yoga teacher trainings. Come and do my course and I'll teach you how to do da, 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 da. And there's people doing that who are doing it so genuinely, so honestly, so authentically. And then there's people doing it because this is a trend to mm. be like, fuck the system. Come learn mm -hmm. my way. And there's a part of me that thinks and feels that's brilliant. Again, that's modernizing yoga and going with the times. But there's a part that's like, hang on, though. What are your credentials? How much do you understand this topic? And are you now actually disregarding um, what authentic yoga is and where it came from and the history? And I think probably one of the most famous ones was a very prolific person in the kind of yoga movement world came out and said that bandas weren't real and that they, uh, sorry, just laughing at Kelly's face when I said that, and that physiologically, these are not a thing. And I was just like, sorry, do you know anything about what a banda is? Bandas were never physical. They were energetic always. And they're, they're locks to lock and trap. No, trap is the wrong word. To lock and preserve energy in certain mm. cavities of the body. They were never energetic. And so it's like this person gained so much traction on that. And actually they were completely, oh, am I being, am I being dogmatic by saying they were wrong? They weren't wrong. <laughs> they weren't fully understanding what mm. the bandas were before they bastardized them. And I think that's a perfect example as well as of what we mentioned in episode one about um, um, things being lost in translation. Uh -huh. you know Mula Banda engage the pelvic floor you know act like you don't want to do a wee or a poop <laughs> you know um, and while pelvic floor engagement is certainly necessary not necessary but certainly useful in certain shapes and postures is it useful for can you can you apply that use to every single body or pelvic floor of course you can't mm yeah and it's different for different intentions and actually having listened back to the episodes while editing uh something that was really like prevalent that came to mind 
um, was we are now teaching yoga in hour long classes, which is beautiful. How accessible is that? Because mm. not everyone can head off to an ashram for 10 months, you know, but this is why things are being diluted so much because people are only doing this practice for an hour a week. Whereas previously you were a devotee to a guru and you lived with them and mm. learned this wisdom and learned it until you fully, truly, deeply understood it. And again, there's nothing wrong with how we're doing yoga now because so many more people are doing it, which is absolutely beautiful. But I think that is definitely something to consider. Mm. Yeah. And I suppose it's why I feel so passionate about like, you know, the four pillars of Alchemy School of Yoga. One of them is education. So it's so beautiful to do yoga, but can you learn yoga as well? And it's one of the reasons behind this podcast, you know, can mm. we give people another platform, another um, space where they can learn? And in, their own time. in their own time and learn to mm -hmm. decipher learn to question learn to explore um hopefully without being too dogmatic <laughs> i think i could be wrong but i think in episode two i used this is killer's uh dictionary corner or corrections corner sorry um i think i might have used the word subjective when i mean to say objective <laughs> okay i think i i misused the two um while I said subjective, that means, you know, your personal feelings get involved. I certainly meant objective. objective that you can take a step back and I suppose look at things logically or rationally probably wouldn't be the right word at all, but objectively, <laughs> objectively, yeah, <laughs> not subjectively. So I just wanted to clear that up. Um, I always get those two things mixed up, so I probably mm. wouldn't have noticed. So mm -hmm. Yeah. For now. I was just going over my study and I was like wow I really used the wrong words and like exact opposites like so yeah. <laughs> but you know what I won't forget them again and I probably won't mix them up again you're human and beautiful and <laughs> not perfect and hopefully that's what so many of our listeners relate to mm. yeah um will we wrap it up by giving people a list of things they can and can't do in a yoga class <laughs> <laughs> oh honestly the line for me was and i just feel like there's no place in yoga for goats <laughs> <laughs> no hate to the goats like you know like i just oh, couldn't don't. imagine myself being very embodied if there was a fucking goat crawling up my back you know <laughs> there's no goat shame here guys we stand goats okay just we stand just in a farm in a farm yeah i mean like actually if we really want to get pedantic about it now standing and being or like just being in a space with an animal is yoga but maybe not <laughs> it's also it's also not yoga <laughs> okay will i tell you how we can wrap up you know my, what's coming into my head here? Go on. Take everything with a grain of salt. I was thinking about this because I was listening back to the podcast. Is it a grain of rice or a grain of salt? I don't know. I think, <laughs> girl, I think it's a pinch of salt and a grain of rice. <laughs> grain of salt it is. <laughs> but come here. No dogma there now. You choose whatever words you want. <laughs> a grain of salt. Uh, although a grain of salt is smaller than a grain of rice so you're you're maybe being more accurate unless it's the pink Himalayan crystal salt which is chunkier yeah. okay bye no. <laughs> it's been okay. a pleasure actually do we have do we have a quick message for people listening or have we given them loads of messages dogmatically obviously we're going to give these messages um there is a message that would have been nice to put in the love episode go on and it was us sending love to tess oh yes we forgot we didn't forget but we we didn't say it on air mm -hmm. um so we have an absolutely beautiful follower in australia i think she's mm -hmm. western australia her maybe um who we just love and we love interacting with her online 
And unfortunately, at the moment, she's going through a really difficult uh, period with a lot of grief that's going on in her family and her community. Um, and so we've lit a candle mm-hmm. and we're sending her loads and loads and loads of love. And she beautifully and graciously shared with us that uh, listening to the podcast brings some lightness to her day. So we hope that this message directly to her brings even more. We love you and we're sending all our love. And to anyone else listening who's going through a difficult time. um, And do please reach out to us. We absolutely adore connecting with you guys. And as much as we hope you get something from the podcast, um, this can be a lonely world here when we're recording. Um, And so we'd love to hear how you're getting on and um, anything you've enjoyed or suggestions. We'd love, 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 Mm. love suggestions. Um, And actually, I'm going to read one more thing now that we're here, if I have it, do I? Yeah, so... um, a lover of mine sent me this and I thought it was really funny. So they were listening to the podcast, um, which they always do because they support me, which is beautiful. And they were saying that, um, you know, listening to American podcasts, it's all like rate, review, subscribe, da, da, da. It's all loud noises and how different ours is compared to that. So this is what they wrote. I love the difference between other podcasts and Irish podcasts. Other podcasts are loud noises. Give us money and leave reviews so we can take over the world. And Irish podcasts are like whispering, I'm so sorry now about this, but I honestly hate myself even more than you hate me. But if you wouldn't mind leaving a really quick review, even just a few few stars, I'm so sorry about this now. Thanks very much. Bye. Oh, it's so so true. That's our message. And it mirrors our inability to receive compliments as well. So we're so sorry now, guys, but if you could just take a moment just to leave a review. If you wouldn't mind, like no hassle if not. (laughs) But no other like. And actually, I met a beautiful soul the other day. I have a new friend um, and she shared um, uh, her friend's podcast and I listened to it and it like changed my day. So... I love when, even if you're listening to something and thinking, oh my God, that was amazing. Do you share it, please, ours specifically? Um, because <laughs> you never know who needs to hear hmm. this episode or last episode or whatever. So yeah, please. We're really sorry. Thanks very much. Bye. Okay. Thanks for sharing. If you don't mind, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Do you want to share the podcast you were listening to? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It was it, it was quite intimate. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Cool. Yeah. You cool. Uh, so I think that's it. Bye. For this app. Okay, are we doing that? Bye. Bye. <laughs> this is yoga uncorked. Yes.